Hello and welcome to the Feck It Fun, Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. I'm Helly and I'm here to provide regular bursts of information and inspiration, some neuroscience applicable to eating disorder recovery, perhaps a few rants, but otherwise lots of positivity with a bit of a Feck It attitude, some fun and a sprinkling of fabulousness to help everyone find freedom in recovery. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Feck It Fun, Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. I'm Helly, and today's episode is something that I thought I'd already spoken about, actually, and then realised I haven't made an episode on this yet. And that is about the metabolism, your body's metabolism, and what happens to your metabolism when you're overcoming a restrictive eating disorder. So a lot of people do have a lot of questions about their metabolism. They have a lot of concerns about it when they have an eating disorder or when they're embarking on the process of overcoming one. So that's something that I thought, let's talk about it and let's clarify some of these issues and some of these questions that you might have. So when somebody does have a restrictive eating disorder, it will result in their body having to function in a state of energy deficit. And that means that their body's metabolism is going to be affected by that. So as I say, a lot of people have concerns about what they might have done to their metabolism through having an eating disorder. And perhaps the most commonly held fear that people have is that they might have broken their metabolism as a result of keeping their body weight suppressed and through chronic underfueling for what might be years or even decades in some people. So then let's talk about what is the body metabolism, what it means to have a high or a low metabolism, and how restrictive eating and or compensatory behaviours can impact on your metabolism. First of all then, what is the body metabolism? Well, the metabolism is a term used to describe all the chemical processes that are going on continuously inside your body to keep you alive and functioning at your body's very best. So this includes ensuring that the essential organs are all working optimally which of course includes the heart, the lungs, the gut, the kidneys, the liver, the brain, all these things that you need to have working fully and optimally in order to be able to thrive in a human body. They all need energy and they all consume energy even when you're at rest. And all that processing, all that energy use is what's known as the metabolism. So in every single second of a person's life, their body is undertaking thousands of chemical reactions just to keep all the cells functioning and ensure that that person stays alive. It's actually quite mind-blowing when you do think just how many different reactions, how many different processes are going on inside your body in every single second of the day. And to keep all these processes running, the body needs essential energy and nutrients, which in most cases, for most people, comes from food and drinks that they consume. 
And then the body breaks these food and drinks down, which is a process that in itself takes energy, in order to release the energy from them. And that energy that's released is then used to keep all the necessary internal functions going, as well as fueling that person's day-to-day -day activities that they're doing on top of the basic survival that the body's going through. Even when completely resting then, the body's using up calories just to maintain those basic functions, those basic life-preserving functions. And the minimum amount of energy required to carry out these resting chemical processes is called the basal metabolic rate. And your basal metabolic rate accounts for anything between 60 and 75% of the body's daily energy requirements. And that's in a person who's generally sedentary. So in a sedentary person, between 60 and 75% of the energy that they need is just to fuel those resting chemical processes that are happening all the time. And that figure is, is dependent on factors such as your age, your lifestyle, the body's makeup, and the external environment that you're living in. So what happens then when the body has insufficient energy? If the body is starved or semi-starved, that means that the energy being consumed is lower than the energy needed, then the body begins to lose tissues, which include both muscle and fat, and that triggers a reduction in the metabolic rate. If the body doesn't have sufficient energy intake, it will try to preserve every last bit of energy it does get in any way it possibly can. And this is commonly referred to when we talk about restrictive eating disorders or malnutrition as the body going into starvation mode. And when the body enters starvation mode, it aims to stretch out the little energy it does get by turning off all those non-essential functions and adapting the systems that are still essential by reducing them to just working at a very basic survival level. And as it does this, this means that less nutrients are then provided to the hair, skin and nails, so they generally become brittle and dry. The heart rate will slow down which is not a sign of fitness. And if your heart rate is very low and you're semi-starved, it's generally a sign that your body is just trying to stay alive. Your gut motility will slow and that leads to digestive problems and it can lead you to feel overly full on little intake and become constipated. And the body temperature also reduces so that people who are semi-starved, who have restrictive eating disorders, will generally feel cold most of the time. And that drop in basal metabolic rate means that the body needs less energy to function and that it's functioning at a very, very basic survival level only. It's really just doing all it can to stay alive. And that drop in the basal metabolic rate, when the body's energy intake is dropped, can happen because the energy intake's been dropped for any reason. So with restrictive eating disorders, 
your basal metabolic rate will drop because you're eating restrictively or you're compensating for eating by purging or other compensatory behaviours. But the same reduction in metabolism also occurs when people drop their energy intake for other reasons. And that includes people who do go on diets. And it's this metabolic change that explains why people who do diet are often seen to initially lose weight quite quickly because this happens while their metabolism is still at a normal level. But after a couple of weeks of dieting, they actually find it much harder to sustain the weight they've lost because their metabolic rate has now dropped as their body's adjusted to this lower energy intake and they're using less baseline energy to function. And once a person who's had a low basal metabolic rate does increase their energy intake, providing their body with the energy it needs, the metabolism then will respond by beginning to increase again. And as this happens, the body systems return to working optimally, which means there's an additional ongoing need for energy to keep maintaining these necessary body functions. Considering then what happens to the metabolism in somebody overcoming a restrictive eating disorder. So if somebody's overcoming a restrictive eating disorder, it's key that they abstain from restrictive eating and compensatory behaviours so that they can get their body out of the state of energy deficit it's in and restore their set point weight. In order to achieve that weight gain and get the body out of energy deficit, people with restrictive eating disorders need to increase their dietary intake beyond the level required to meet their basal metabolic rate and their daily activities. So their energy intake needs to increase to meet the demands for both of these and be enough to restore both fat and lean tissue stores and establish all those full internal repairs that are needed. And to achieve regular weight gain and find the unique set point weight for their particular body, people overcoming restrictive eating disorders generally need an escalating intake of energy and a very high amount of food. Because research has found that women, and I'm referring specifically to women here because that's who the research was done on, women who have restrictive eating disorders tend not to gain weight for very long if they're fed the energy requirements of healthy adult women who've never had an eating disorder. Instead, they tend to have much higher energy requirements and need to increase their energy intake more and more for sustained weight gain and to heal themselves as fully as they possibly can. And the explanation for this is that people who have had restrictive eating disorders often become hypermetabolic once they increase their energy intake sufficiently. And this is when the metabolic rate becomes much higher than the average rate expected for someone of their same age and sex. And because hypermetabolism puts additional energy needs on the body just to function at a basic baseline level, it can result in a person who's not careful losing weight much more easily. And of course, if this happens, then it only serves to further deepen a person's overall state of energy deficit, which then makes overcoming the eating disorder even more of a hurdle than it already is. So hypermetabolism results in a much higher demand for energy and for food to gain weight than a normal person needs. 
And in addition to this, people with restrictive eating disorders are also regularly seen to become what's called hypothermic as they begin to eat more and restore their weight. And this is where their body converts more of their energy intake into heat than a healthy person does, rather than the body using the excess intake to build tissues. So as a result, during the refeeding process, people frequently report becoming hot and sweaty. And this is commonly worse at night, and it's not unusual for someone going through this process to wake in the night sweating with soaking sheets that they then have to get up in the middle of the night and change. In comparison to this, healthy people actually drop their body temperature at night, and so they preserve energy at this time. And it's thought that this hypothermic effect in someone going through the refeeding process and attempting to gain weight to their set point can result in up to 30% of energy intake being lost. Whereas in a healthy person, that rate is usually around 14%. Considering then what's happening as you restore weight, in order for the body to gain sufficient weight to achieve its set point weight, it needs to restore fat mass and fat-free mass. And fat-free mass is otherwise known as lean tissue. To gain fat-free mass, the energy requirements are several times greater than those needed to gain fat mass. But in order to reach the body's set point weight and get the body fully out of energy deficit, it's essential to restore both of these body mass types. So the body will restore a greater proportion of fat mass before it completely gains and restores the full lean tissue stores needed. So you need to have restored that fat mass first. There's no getting away from that. And then the final restoration of essential muscles and tissues takes much more energy than was needed to establish those gains in terms of fat stores. And this means that this critical late stage of weight restoration and completely pulling the body out of energy deficit can be even harder because it needs even more energy to achieve the same rates of weight gain that were made earlier in the weight restoration process. And once the body has fully emerged from energy deficit, and weight has been restored, it's often found that the person's energy requirements remain very high for some time after that. People who are overcoming restrictive eating disorders can be very energy inefficient and need higher calorie intakes when compared to a healthy person for quite some period of time. In fact, it's not uncommon that people in this situation need up to twice the daily energy intake of a healthy person of the same age and sex just to maintain their weight because of ongoing hypermetabolism. And that elevated metabolism can settle down in six months, but it's widely recommended that for the best chance of keeping the body out of any risk of energy deficit, because energy deficit is such a high risk to relapse, for the best chance of reducing that risk of relapse, it's best to persist with high calorie intake in the long term. So what does this mean for you? Well, if you're overcoming a restrictive eating disorder, this means that once you're providing your body with sufficient energy on a daily basis, 
your body will increase your metabolism to a higher rate than those seen in healthy individuals. And when this happens, your body's energy needs will escalate and you will need a higher amount of calorie intake just to keep gaining weight. And when your body is towards the end of the process of restoring all the lean tissues alongside the fat mass, your energy needs are likely to be extremely high. When you're going through this process, you're probably going to find that you are warm or hot a lot of the time, and you might also experience night sweats and clamminess. You might well notice a rise in your heart rate. But over time, you should also start to notice things like your nails, hair and skin becoming healthier and some of the really positive signs of a body that's starting to function at a more optimal level again. Once you've fully weight restored, and that means restoring to your set point weight, probably going into a form of overshoot in order to achieve that, the level of intake you need each day to maintain your weight and prevent your body from re-entering a state of energy deficit is likely to be significantly higher than healthy adults of the same age and sex as you. And this higher energy need could continue for a significant amount of time. And therefore you need to eat without any restriction, which means a lot of food to escape energy deficit and let your body restore. And you need to keep eating without any restriction and a lot of food into your future. So finally then, let's address the elephant in the room. Let's address the fear that many people have, which is whether their metabolism is broken. What if they have been gaining weight while still restricting or still compensating through exercise or other means? What if they are already at a healthy weight but still suppressing their true natural size and continuing to restrict? Has this ongoing suppression of the metabolism left that metabolism now incapable of repair? Happily, the answer to this is that the metabolism is not broken. You can't break your metabolism, but it might just need a bit of TLC to get back on track. If you've been continuing to restrict your intake and or exercise, but done so to a lesser extent so that you have gained some weight, it's likely that your body metabolism has remained in starvation mode to preserve the precious energy that it was being given. So your body was ultimately using the small amount of surplus energy it did receive to build some emergency energy stores as fat because it recognized that there was a risk of food becoming scarce once again. So therefore it kept the overall metabolism turned down as it didn't feel confident enough to speed the metabolism up when supplies coming in were still lower than it would like as those low supplies coming in just continued to indicate to the brain and body that it was still in an environment of food scarcity. But if that's your situation, you can still turn this around. You just need to get really brave and start eating more now and break the ongoing restriction. Give your body the amount of energy it needs and stop compensating for what you are eating. Do this and your body will respond. 
It doesn't matter what weight your body is at now. If you've gained weight already, it doesn't matter. Eat more now and your body can then learn to trust that fuel is in sufficient supply and that it can afford to work at an optimal level. And as a result, your metabolism will respond and it will speed up. Stay consistent with your eating and energy intake without compensating and your metabolism will heal and your weight will naturally settle back at your genetic set point. And when it does that, your body will then fight to maintain it. So I hope that's answered some of your questions about the body metabolism, whether you've broken your metabolism, whether your metabolism might be high or low at the moment, and how to maintain a good metabolism as you go through the weight restoration process as you overcome the eating disorder and into your future life. If there's any episodes that you'd like me to make in future, then please let me know and contact me through my website. Or if you want to know more about me, then you'll find that on hellybarnes.com. And otherwise, I'll speak to you very soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Feck It Fun Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. Don't forget, eating disorder recovery doesn't have to be boring and doesn't have to be serious. Now go and grab yourself some food and have a fabulous rest of the day.